0: Just a big thank you to Courtney Burke, who was our summer student. She just finished on Friday. And Courtney did a great job working with Jody and our Christ Central uh, Church kids team. And they ran some different uh, VBS's backyard Bible clubs. They did a whole training for our Ignite uh, late elementary school for a week and then getting all the curriculum ready for this coming year and a hundred other things in between there. So Courtney did a great job and just want to publicly thank her for being with us this summer. And as probably you're aware, life is a battle, and I don't care if you're rich or poor, young or old, life is somehow a battle for you. And we all have different struggles, and we all have different experiences and things that have happened to us and things we've done, and all that combines in our life that a lot of times, even if our life looks good on the outside, we're battling on the inside. And sometimes those battles flow over into our behaviors, our attitudes, our actions, our words, and we sometimes feel trapped into that's how it's going to be, and things are just going to get worse, and I'm going to try to survive. And in this life, whether you're a Christian or you might not consider yourself a Christian, you are in a battle. And so you got to understand that, that you need to have a viewpoint of life like that, and it's a spiritual battle. So even though you might not live in any physical battles, here in Canada we're quite blessed that most of the time we're not in any war zones, we're not in a physical battle, but we are in a spiritual battle. And as John Robertson brought that word this morning about being on the threshold in the doorpost, the Bible's full of either we choose life, God, Jesus, which leads to light, or we choose death, which is darkness, and there's no neutral in the middle. You can only stay in that threshold for so long, you're going to get pulled, usually in the darkness direction. And Paul writing to this early church is bringing great instruction about this spiritual battle, and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, that we say is our Savior and Lord. And Paul's saying it doesn't have to stay that way. And what we've been trying to do this summer is taking a look at your part, my part, in this battle. Because there are some things that only God can do. And we want to make sure that we let God do what he does. And there are parts that we do. And so this summer we've been talking about, and Paul's been encouraging us, as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're going to explain that more through this message, he provides victory, as we've heard this morning, but we have to understand what victory he's provided and we have to walk and choose to walk in the good of the victory that he's provided. And that's what we've been trying to do. So I encourage you because I missed some of the messages this summer being away, they're online. I encourage you to keep going back through and listening because they kind of build on each other and we're kind of getting to the climax of this and Gary's going to be speaking next week, and then Brent will be speaking September 6th, sort of bringing a conclusion to all these things, and we'll start a new series in Esther on September the 13th. But Paul calls us this. He says, I want you to be strong. Is it the Barb Gallant talking about, you jump up in the mirror and say, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. <laughs> That's not going to do it. Paul says this, be strong in God. Be strengthened with His power, And in his glorious might. So it's not something we whip up from inside, it's we receive power from God. And this is the part we do we put on the armor of God. So it's all through this passage that we're about to read. Put it on, apply, put it on. That's our part. We didn't fashion the armor, the armor was given to us. That's God's part. He did all. But we need to put it on because it's been given by God. And we need to put it on personally and together as a church. We need to put it on together, because whether we can see it or not, my life and my actions and my attitudes and all of that affects you, and you affect me, because we're in the body of Christ together. So we want to be putting these things on together, and today we're going to be talking about prayer, and it's a big topic, and we won't cover everything, but I'm hoping to equip you today, because prayer is one of those things, yeah, we know we should pray. Let's not just know we should. Let's be a people of prayer all the time. This is the great thing. It's like, well, when should I pray and how do I pray? I'm going to answer it right now. When should you pray? All the time. So, there's one checked right off. Woo, I'm getting going here. Okay, let's get to the Scripture. Let's hopefully answer some of the questions about how we pray, why we pray, what do we pray, all of that. But let's read our passage together. So, this is from Ephesians 6, and I'm going to read the whole thing because it puts it in context. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and we've covered all these things, as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, Paul says, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. What a great request for Paul being in prison and in chains when he's asking it. So let's take a look at some of these things in detail. And first thing I just want to focus on is this whole aspect of pray in the Spirit. Paul says, praying at all times in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, with all prayers and supplication. And so we're going to answer, as I said, one of the questions, when do we pray? All the time. And prayer is a spiritual weapon. Prayer is the means by which we call on God to help us in the battle. So you've got to understand prayer in the context where we're in a battle. And if anything you've ever seen about military, physical battles, communication is absolutely vital. And prayer is really our means of communication with God. John Piper, in one of his powerful, life-changing books called Let the Nations Be Glad, he says this. This is the context for prayer. He says, prayer is primarily a wartime, now I'm going to have to explain this, walkie-talkie. So for everyone who grew up with cell phones, you're not even going to understand what a walkie-talkie is. But in wartime, you had this device that you pressed a button and you spoke and then you took your finger off and whoever's listening, they spoke and then you took your finger and pressed it and it was communicating back and forth. You get the gist of it? Piper says this, prayer is primarily a wartime walkie-talkie for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. It is not surprising that prayer malfunctions when we try to make it a domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. God has given us prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in the world. I just kind of want to waken us up to a different perspective of prayer. It's in the context in this series, in battle, that it's communicating with God, and it's communicating to headquarters that heaven we get to communicate with our great king about his kingdom and what a privilege it is to be able to communicate with the living god and jesus has made it possible and we see this praying at all times in the spirit in the life of jesus so if we want to see someone model an example prayer we don't have to look any further than jesus and i'll just do a brief summary his example of his life jesus prayed early in the morning so for those of you who like to get up early. You're following Jesus. Jesus prayed in the evening. If you like to pray in the evening, Jesus prayed at night. Jesus prayed all through the night. Jesus prayed at mealtimes. Jesus prayed alone. Jesus prayed with his disciples. Jesus prayed when he faced his greatest temptation in the garden just to say, God, not your will, but mine. But he cried out with set drops of blood, praying, interceding, saying, God, your will be done. Jesus talked a lot about prayer. He taught about prayer. We see in Luke 11, he talked about seeking and knocking and asking God. There's a whole thing about being persistent. He gave the example of the persistent widow who kept coming after the judge, and the judge is like, yeah, I don't even believe in God, but because she keeps nagging me, I'm going to give it to her. And he says, is God like that? How much more if you keep seeking me? am I going to provide? He talked about the persistent neighbor, woke up his neighbor in the middle of the night, I've got to get food for these guests who came, and he kept going, and finally the guy's like, take it. <laughs> we hear these things, but do we really believe that that's for us today? Jesus modeled prayer in Matthew 6, when, because you imagine the disciples being with Jesus, and no wonder they got this one right. They were with Jesus, and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because you're just like how do you, what is going on here? Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus gave us this great model prayer. He focused on God, our Father in heaven. And he started, how holy are you? And he talked about, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. He talked about asking God for our daily life needs. Give us our daily bread. He talked about forgiveness us being forgiven, forgiving others. He talked about protection and deliverance, and he declared about Jesus' kingdom. It's all about him, and end it in worship to him. That's our model for praying in the Spirit, as Jesus did. And as a believer, a follower, a disciple of Christ, we have the privilege to pray and talk and listen with our God, because now, by grace, as Gary just talked about when we sang in that last song, by grace and by the sacrifice of Jesus, he's qualified us to become a son of God. Of God. Before we can't cry out, Abba, Father. So, those of you who aren't Christians, you can call out Creator, you can call out and believe God hears you, but you don't have the same privileges as being a son. But that's possible for you here this morning to make that decision. It's a privilege to pray as a son. And that's one of the things that not only do we sort of have that John Piper military uh, picture, we take it even a step further that we get to pray to our Father. So it's not just a distant commander, not just distant headquarters. There's a nearness of drawing near to God, our Father who is in heaven. We can cry out, Abba, Father. We can draw near to God. We can be confident before the throne of grace that we know that we're going to receive mercy and answers and strengthening. We get to ask in the name of Jesus. So we don't just come in our name. We get to ask in the name of Jesus. I'm flying through. These are all boom, 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 boom. We get to pray his will in his name, with his authority, and it gets even better. He gives us a helper, so he doesn't even leave us on our own to try to figure things out. And we're gonna see the Holy Spirit comes, and as a follower of Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, who is the helper in all of these things. So it gets even better. Not only does Jesus lay down his life for us, He pays the penalty for our sins. He removes the partition, all those things. He gives us access to God, which is incredible, and he makes us a son. gets even better. Jesus, as he ascended, and now he's living in heaven, he prays and he intercedes for us. So don't believe the lie, because sometimes we as a church, we're going to let you down. We as elders aren't going to be able to pray for you all, and your life group might not. Don't ever believe the lie. No one's praying for me. Jesus is interceding. Romans 8 it says this, verse 14 or 34. It says, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and, and, and is also interceding for us. That's great comfort to know that Jesus is interceding for us. He's interceding for his church. And if you want to know what would Jesus be praying for us, your homework this week, read John 17. That gives you a hint before he returned how he prayed for his disciples as he prayed for us in the future who were going to believe. In him. So read that, and you'll get a glimpse, I think, of what Jesus is praying for us today. So read John 17. That's a bit of your homework. But not only does Jesus intercede for us, he gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us a helper who's able to do this, who intercedes both for us and enables us to be able to pray. Let's continue in Romans 8 26 to 27. Paul writes this In the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. And when it comes to prayer, most of the time I feel weak. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Hallelujah, that's true. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Wow. The Holy Spirit not only intercedes for us, he helps us to be able to pray. And I'm going to flesh that out a little bit more next, because it's great to be able to say, yeah, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, but how does He actually help us praying? God's Spirit helps us with our spirit, even in our weakness. And folks, this is the great thing about, and it's amazing that Gary, was it Psalm 5 you started with this morning? Gary talking about groans and some of our, what should I say, most powerful prayer times For me personally even with our church at our prayer meetings and that it's sometimes it's when we're shouting out to god we're all praying to god together but a lot of times it's this it's in tears it's in weeping it's a vulnerable it's messy folks it's when we sometimes we can't even put to words and if you've ever been in any of those situations a lot of times you get bad news someone dies someone's sick horrible things are happening and you can't even get your head screwed on straight enough to be able to know even how to pray, and sometimes all we can do is we can just groan and sob and cry. Folks, that is prayer to God. That's the Holy Spirit taking those things that we can't even put words to, and He takes them to our Father in heaven. We got to give ourselves permission. Folks, we can be messy in that way. We can cry. That's okay. Guys, Angela knows. I grew up with sisters, so I'm going to give their influence. I cry more than Angela does. Because <laughs> a lot of times, I can't even put words to what's going on. But you know what? Not only is it cathartic, it's a prayer, it's a praying, it's releasing, it's casting my cares upon God. It's a release physically, but spiritually as well, that the Holy Spirit is helping me with that. And it gets even better. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, and he gives directions to believers there regarding spiritual gifts. Those are gifts, spiritual gifts, That are only given to followers of Jesus, given by the Holy Spirit, including speaking and praying in another language to communicate with God. So here's where sometimes confusion comes in. So I want to be clear and I want to give you a great tool that God's provided of praying in the Spirit. So we read this in 1 Corinthians 14 12. For one who speaks in a language, or the Bible uses the word tongue as well, but we're not so familiar with tongue. So I'm going to say, for one who speaks in a language, that's a language you haven't learn, and it could be angelic or it could be another language, speaks not to men, not to people, but to God. For no one understands him or her, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit, capital S. Therefore, it's a prayer and a praise to God. And when we do it in a public meeting, as we had last week, Angela brought tongue, Ben and Jody came with the interpretation in English for us to be able to say yes and amen to that. That's, so, in public, that's what we're doing. But a lot of times, we can use that prayer in another language in private to be able to pray for God. Because Paul continues on in 1 Corinthians 14. He says this Therefore, one who speaks in a language should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray in a language, my spirit prays. That's my little s spirit. But my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? Paul says this I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. And folks, this is where you have to understand. There's a d- distinction between the gifts of speaking tongues in a public meeting. That's a prayer and praise to God. We get the interpretation and we can say yes and amen. So Angela, last Sunday, when she prayed that in a different language and Ben came along and just talking about sonship and adoption and Jody come along with that, declaring who God is, we can say yes. We can get behind that. But folks, most of the time, the gift of tongues, languages, is actually not for a public meeting. It's praying in a different language and that is something that can happen private and a lot of times when we gather as believers in our prayer meeting and that sometimes you'll hear people praying in a different language and we don't need the interpretation because they're only praying to god in the context of a prayer meeting and if someone's there who's not a christian then we have to either explain what's going on or we do need an interpretation but when it's believers we don't need an interpretation when we're crying out to god together because we're praying in a different language and my mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is praying, and folks, that's a great weapon from God that most of the church, I think, has either missed or misuses in prayer. They miss it by not using it in that sort of prayer, and I can give you example after example after example all the way back right up to the present day, even speaking to some of you this week to say, do you have a prayer language? Do you pray? You need to be using that. That's a gift from God. You need to be exercising that. And I'll give you a couple examples. I told you before, when 9-11 happened, I was watching TV. I happened back then, Tuesday was my day off. I just happened to be watching TV, just watching the Today Show, when it all unfolded over the next couple hours. After a couple hours, I didn't know what to pray for anymore, because it was all new, and I ran out of words in English, so I just, I prayed with my prayer language for like hours, because my mind was unfruitful. I was like, what in the world is going on? And I knew I should pray, so I can pray even though my mind's, but it's di- in a sense discharging that prayer to be able to pray. Angela and I, whew, four kids, and you're up all night, the mind is unfruitful. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is it only unfruitful, it, it gets downright nasty. <laughs> it's true. And I remember I had a choice to make I can either swear, I'm. Um, just being brutally honest with you, when you get sleep deprived, you go, I don't care who you are, you go, you go bonkers, okay? And you wonder if you're saved at all. You're like... And I can either swear at this whole situation, swear at this... I mean, it's amazing. You're like, God, thank you for this baby. And after a couple days, you're just like... That's... This might have to get deleted off the thing. Or any of my kids here. I'm just giving you a real life example and all funniness (laughs) aside, I can swear and scream at this situation, or I can pray in my prayer language because my mind's unfruitful. And it's another one of those things, it's not just replace, like, you're not just saying, I don't want, I can't swear, I shouldn't swear, I shouldn't (laughs) get upset. I'm replacing it with something productive for the kingdom of God. True stories, and I'm encouraging, you. and how many times do we get in situations pastorally, we're with people, and I just say to people, I don't know what to do. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm just going to start praying in my prayer language because I need to release. And that usually gets me started. And a lot of times God speaks and gives me them words in English and wisdom to go, well, we're not using that gift. Then we're missing out a whole thing on prayer, of praying in the Spirit. Now, praying in the Spirit doesn't mean just praying in a different language that God gives you. So some people would say praying in the Spirit, that's all that is. I'm not saying, but it is a valuable tool. And I believe that tool is available for all. So, I think I believe you can ask the Holy Spirit. I don't think I've ever given, spoken a tongue in a public meeting. I don't think I have, ever. But I pray in that language all the time. Do you see the difference between? So, most of us probably aren't going to speak in a tongue on a Sunday morning in a public thing, but we can all be praying as God gives us that gift. Now, the great thing is we are to pray with our mind as well. I hope that helps you with that, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So, here's the great thing. You can pray it all the time. If you're worried, pray. If you're happy, pray. Be full of thanksgiving. Big prayers, little prayers, about personal situations, family issues, friends, church, health, finances, things internationally. Pray with our spirit and pray with our mind. And one of the great things I'm going to try to help you with in enabling you this morning is to pray the Word of God. If you don't know where to start, pray the Word of God. It helps get the Word of God in your mind. It helps you to know, am I praying God's will? Well, it's in the Bible, so hopefully I'm praying God's will in it, and it helps us to know how to pray God's will. And if you remember back to Mother's Day, uh, I spoke on Mother's Day, uh, we came up with sort of, we gave you 10 verses um, that you could pray for your kids and other people in situations. So, if you didn't get that, Go to our website. It's on our blog. Go back to Mother's Day and listen to the message again. And we gave you scriptures when we put the blanks in where it said he or she, that you could put in people's names. And you can pray that for your kids or for other people in other situations. That's a helpful tool for you. And I'm going to give you a few more examples this morning. And I'm going to teach you, in a sense, how I pray a lot of the time. And this is how a lot of times I pray for you and your situations. And so I'm just going to give you three or four examples. There's numerous. We just don't have time to go through them all. But here's one of my favorite ones. This is Ephesians 3. So just if you go back a couple chapters and you pick it up at verse 16. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray this right now for some of you. So how many people, you can put your hands up if you want, want to be strengthened today and to know the love of God more in your life? wow, I'm going to be a long time filling in everybody's name. <laughs> okay, but here's what you here's what you do. And this is like, if you don't know where to start, you pray with your mind. This is a helpful one. And boy, if you just did this this week, you'll experience a change. So I'm going to pray this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he might strengthen you, Christ Central Church, and everyone else who is here this morning. And you can get personal with it, okay? So, I'm going to do it just for this morning. I'm going to personally do this. So, Vicki, this morning, okay? I'm going to pick on Vicky. Is that all right? I'm going to give an example, but we can pray this, okay? I pray, Vicki, that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, Vicky, with power through his spirit, Vicki, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart, Vicki, through faith. And I pray that you, Vicki, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and that, Vicki, you would know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you, Vicky, may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Woo! Isn't that powerful? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple more. And I wish I could pray for every one of you. You can pray these for yourselves. Okay, who wants guidance for God's will for your life? Goodness. Janice, you're the first one I saw, okay? So can I pick on you? All right, here we go. This is Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And Janice, this is my prayer. Janice, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you, Janice, may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. 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 All right, a couple more. Colossians 1, start at verse 9, go to verse 13. Well, maybe this might have to be the last one because time's going, okay? Who wants to live a life worthy of the Lord? great. Who can I pick on? Do I have a volunteer? I can... Aaron, you're the first one, all right? So, Aaron, this is how we're going to pray it, okay? We're going to pick it up in verse 9. Aaron, we have not stopped praying for you, Aaron, and asking God to fill you, Aaron, with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this, Aaron, in order that you, Aaron, may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you Aaron may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you Aaron to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued you Aaron from the dominion of darkness, and brought you Aaron into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. So what's your homework this week? John 17, to read what we believe Jesus is praying for you. Folks, the Psalms are there. You can take, there's all kinds of other passages. There's more and more. I'm just giving you three of my favorite ones to help you pray with your mind and to pray the word. And there's all kinds of promises that you can find. Hebrews 11:6, 6, God, the writer says, if you seek God diligently and with faith and everything, you're gonna get rewarded. We don't know what that looks like, but you are Luke 11, Jesus talked about, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give the Holy Spirit to you. Salvation, Romans 10, 8 to 13, forgiveness, 1 John 1. But here's the thing, and I have to say this, then we've got to keep moving on. In order to pray in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm sorry this morning, most of everything I said doesn't apply, it doesn't work. And that's not God being cruel. That's God saying, he's given a way for you to have access to God, to be made right with God, to have a relationship with God. And that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, in our world, that's a tough, that's a tough one. But I always say it like this. Cancer, if we knew there was one cure wouldn't we be thrilled? But our attitude would be, well, I want a second way to deal with cancer. (laughs) Why is there only one way? That's kind of narrow-minded, that's kind of short-sighted, that's kind of, I want a different way. So we can look at Jesus and say, what a narrow-minded way that he's the only way to get to God. Or you can flip it and say, anyone can get to God through Jesus. Black or white, rich or poor, young or old, doesn't matter what nationality, doesn't matter what religion you grew up with, it doesn't matter. You can have access to God through Jesus. It's available for everyone. The answer to sin and death and the devil being defeated is found in Jesus Christ, and he gives his Holy Spirit when we put our faith and our trust in him. So I'm asking this morning, if you want to be able to pray in the Spirit, you must receive the Spirit of God, and that only comes believing and putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But that's available for everyone even here this morning. All right, our time's going, so we really got to go through these next two. I'm going to go much faster, but that was the one I want to focus more on. So Paul talks about praying in the Spirit. He also talks about this. He talks about praying for the people of God. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we are allowed to be able to pray for the people of God, mainly for our church. And one of the things Paul talks about is to persevere. Paul, in his writing about prayer, that whole thing of prayer, it's in the present continuous form. It means this. It means to go on praying. So we talk about the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5, about go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is another one of those. Go on praying. Go on persevering. And I'm always wrong. It's one of my favorite stories from the Old Testament. Anyone remember what goes on in Exodus uh, 17. Ben McGuig is not here because usually he answers that first um, thing. But next to 17, there was a battle uh, with Amalek, between the Israelites and Amalek, and it's a, one of those famous stories, but it's powerful when you think about what's going on. And if you remember, Moses sends Joshua out to battle, and what does Moses do? Moses goes up on the mountain, and he spreads his hands out to pray and to intercede for the people. And an amazing thing happens. While he's got his hands spread out, as long as he's up there praying... Joshua and those guys win. And you can imagine Joshua being in the battle. Man, we're doing it. We're victorious, everything. And then somewhere in the day, things begin to change. You're like, what's going on? And you look up, and Moses is like this. He's tired out. And until he got reinforcements, and they were able to lift his hands again, and they won the battle. Now, we can think, we don't always connect that to prayer, but it's fascinating, and I'm making this a very short story, but it's fascinating in verses uh, 15 and 16, After the battle, what Moses says to Joshua, this is what he says. He says, take seriously that the battle is won in prayer. And verse uh, 16 says this, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. And a lot of times we can miss out the spiritual implications of prayer in battle. And folks, there's lots of spiritual battles to be won Every single day, and we need to persevere. And I was reminded last week of the power of prayer and had the privilege. Do I have that up? Oh, yes, I do, for Gail Pilgrim's mom. So we had the privilege of going to her funeral, um, bless Kay Burke, in '91, Gail? '91. And bless her. So we went to the funeral, many of us. And as I said to Gail, I mean, what a privilege to be at a funeral for someone who received Christ early in life and then lived a life following Jesus. And this came through. They had a time people could stand up and give testimonies and everything. And this came through time after time after time that in Kay following Jesus, she was a woman of prayer. And example after example, she prayed for her kids for years and years and years and years and years. And I remember, I mean, amazing here in the background because we had Donald, Gail's brother, really get impacted by God, Thanksgiving 2007 or six, right around there we are at our old, and not knowing the decades of prayer that went on um, for Donald, and then to have Donald there, and he was just with us a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, praying for her local church, praying for the community, praying for the nations, and people getting up and saying, her praying, saying, well, it might not happen in my lifetime, but I know it's going to happen. I mean, that determinedness that I'm praying, I'm persevering, and something's going to change, and I was just inspired again, Gail, and Gail Facebooked me and just said, you know, Manny, Many people were saved, many, you know, things were through her persistence and prayer. So there's a modern day um, example that inspires us in praying for the people of God. We can pray for our local church family, and we see in Acts 2.42, the early disciples says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to prayer. They were praying people that followed in the footsteps of Jesus. And now we've set it up that we've got our corporate prayer meetings every second week where we gather together. We're praying tonight, 7.30 at our building, that we get to worship God together, and we get to call out together. We get to seek God together. We get to listen to God, and we can pray for things here locally, for our city, for the nation, for the nations, and God provides answers to us. Some immediate, some over time, some we see afterwards. And how many times we've received an email, Facebook, after we've prayed for things, and people reply with saying, you're not going to believe this, but this is what Happened. And we believe because it's prayer. It's supernatural. I know it's invisible. It's kind of weird that you're praying, but that's how God has set it up to do. And tonight we're going to be praying for our university students who are going to be returning. We've got like 10,000 plus students coming back here in a couple weeks' time. We're going to be praying. God, would you send some our way? Help us with an impact on the campus. We're going to be praying. I'm off to England this afternoon. I've got meetings tomorrow, Tuesday. Wednesday with Jeremy Simpkins, Joseph Muela from Zambia. As we look at the next couple of years, how can we work together? We're going to be praying and seeking God together. I ask for your prayers in that. We get to pray at our life groups. We had such a privilege this week. I helped, uh, and Gary and Barbara, we went to Ollie and Hazel's life group, and there were many people that needed prayer, and to be able to go, and as a life group, worship God together, and have friendship together, but then pray for each other. Pray for personal things that are meaningful, and to be able to Lay hands, anoint with oil, pray, see God come through to feel supported and encouraged. What a privilege as a family of God to be able to do that. We get to pray together. It's powerful, it's comforting, calling on God, interceding together. We're trying to help our kids learn how to pray. We're trying to model that. We're trying to show them answers when God provides, and we want to be able to come with faith like a child. We prayed the other night, and Anna, bless her, eh? She's And We just prayed, and she's just like, we're praying for different things, and in her head, they're done. <clears throat> it's like, well, that should happen. And we're like, God, give us faith like a child. That's how Jesus said we should be. So instead of like poo-pooing and say, well, life is tough and it doesn't really work that way, I'm like, no, I want to be more like that. So I'm not trying to change her. I need to change to become more like that childlike faith. And we're doing it with youth, and with Youth Alpha this fall, they're going to be learning about prayer. Our street level, we've been praying, God, we need to see signs and wonders. We need to see people set free power, protection, and as Ben mentioned this morning, we as elders have tried to step up our priorities and spending more time praying. As the church grows, our to-do list gets longer and longer, and it can be tempting at our elders meetings just to focus on all the things that are important and need to be done, and we're trying like, you know what? We need to pray the majority of the time, and it's amazing how quick that list goes through when you pray first as opposed to trying to figure it all out and then pray for five minutes at the end, but it's hard. Because you're tempted to I'm a I like checking things off the list. That's a hard one for me to rearrange. We gotta pray and put God first. And we get to pray for our family of churches all around the world. Keep going. Oh well. If you can get that. So we're praying for the churches in Zambia. There we go. Atlantic Canada. And as you know, if you've been in our prayer meetings, what a privilege to pray for. We we're sending Gary and Barb and to be praying those couple of weeks while they were away for their meetings and reading their blogs and getting inspired. God, pray. I don't quite understand how do our prayers affect things in Zambia. I'm not quite sure, but I'll tell you this. I want them in Zambia praying for us. <laughs> so it's a selfish part. I like, and they, are. and they are. So sometimes it might be a selfish motivation, but it gets me started. I want to pray for them as if they were praying the same things for us. And that helps me Keep praying and persevering. And we're praying for Halifax and Adam and Joanna there in Charlottetown. We're praying for St. John. We're praying for other churches. We're praying for Brunswick Street as we partner with them with many things. We're praying. We're praying for Smith Street. We're praying for Sunset and their Alpha. We're praying for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and Tom and all the new students coming in. We're praying for saints all around the world. And what a great privilege to be a part of that. And in closing, so Paul talks about praying in the Spirit, he talks about praying for all the saints. And Paul says this, I want you to pray for me, and I believe it applies for all of us, to proclaim the gospel. And Paul says, pray also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And for all of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are Christ's ambassador. That is one of the roles and titles that you have. And what does an ambassador do? An ambassador speaks on behalf of the king, country, kingdom, government, authority that they come from. And folks, we're ambassadors. We are heaven on earth. We have a king, Jesus. We have a great kingdom that's ever advancing. And we as a church, and we as individuals, as followers of Jesus, we're Christ's ambassadors everywhere we go. And we get to speak on our king's behalf. We get to pray on our king's behalf. And all of us, in a minute, we're going to pray specifically for some people But all of us, I pray this all the time God, give me boldness. Because, yes, it's with our actions, absolutely, want to serve and all those things. But at some point, we got to speak as well. And, God, I pray, would you give me the words to be able to speak? And not just on Sunday morning, it's sharing it with our neighbors, sharing what God's done in my life, speaking the words of Christ, being able to declare and proclaim good news that Jesus' life and death and resurrection has defeated sin, devil to death. There's forgiveness for our sins. There's access to knowing God that we can be freed from addictions. We can have deliverance from stronghold. We can have peace with God. We can have joy in the Holy Spirit. We can have a relationship with God in prayer. We can be part of the family of God. Hallelujah! That is great news that our world needs to hear, whether they think they need to hear it or not. And God, I need boldness. I need you to give me words and Jesus said he would. If you read Luke 12:11, Jesus said, "Don't be afraid when you get before thrones and kingdoms and powers and all that. I'm going to give you the words. How? By the Holy Spirit." And now we've received the Holy Spirit. So folks, we got to have our radar up to say, "God, I'm in a situation and I'm praying, but I got to believe God's going to give me something to say." So it's not just pleading, it's listening as well. God, what do you want to say in this situation? First Peter, Peter writes this, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. So boldness doesn't mean being a jerk, okay? Boldness is with gentleness and respect. We can clearly communicate what God has done and who God is and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's for all of us to be able to speak and to be able to share and declare boldly clearly with love we you know what we can pray for specific people we can pray for those who are preaching and teaching it's a important role so for brent myself others who in our local church we value your prayers and in how many times i've said this exact prayer to many of you i said well would you pray that words would be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel i haven't been quite in those physical change chains that i may declare it boldly as i ought to speak so we value your prayers and when gary and barbara go we we're praying god give them words to speak that are going to be clear and bold for jeremy simpson's everywhere he's going the partnerships that we have we're praying for those who are going to be helping alpha this fall if we have many coming exploring christianity we're praying for the small group leaders we're praying for all the helpers god give them the words give them sensitivity to your holy Spirit, we're praying for those at street level when they get up and share their stories and are praying for people. God, we pray. Give them the right words. Give them boldness. Give them clarity. Working with our kids, at youth, all those different things, we can pray for those specific people. And in closing, we have to understand that prayer is such an important weapon. Spiritually, we put on the armor of God and then in one sense, Paul kind of talks more about prayer than he did all the other pieces. It's an important thing. It's communicating with God. It's in the context of being in a battle that we need to communicate with headquarters, that we've got a king and a kingdom, that we need open communication. If communication gets cut off, we're in trouble. And we've got to know that Jesus is praying for us. He hasn't left us on our own. He's given us his Holy Spirit, the Helper, who both intercedes for us and enables us to be able to pray. He's given us tools. He's given us his word. So we can pray in the spirit. We can pray with the language he's given to us, even when our mind's unfruitful, but we can pray with our mind as well. We can pray the word of God. That's powerful and effective. That renews our mind. We're getting steeped in the word of God and in God's will. We can pray for the church. We can pray for each other been such a joy this week, but in so many different circumstances, and the one common thing in every one of those circumstances has been we've prayed together. In hospital rooms, in people's homes, on the street, at our building, mealtimes, the one common thing in all of them is we've prayed together. So I encourage us to pray. I encourage us to encourage one another to pray and to take advantage of what God has provided for us, to know God more, and to pray for his kingdom come. So I'm going to hand things back over to Gary and the team, and they're going to come, and I believe we need to respond this morning. We've been given some clear, pr- those prophetic words, I, and it comes to prayer, it comes to choosing life and death, that threshold. Ben talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fire, Jesus came. We believe the chains fell off. They were set free, and we believe this morning that Freedom's coming here this morning to some of you, and some of you have some choices to make. I have some choices to make. We can choose darkness or light. So can I pray? Why don't you stand if you're able? I'd love to be able to pray for you and with you. Remember your homework this week. It's good stuff. John 17, Ephesians 3, you can pray that prayer. Philippians 1, Colossians 1. So Father in heaven, we thank you today. Your great love for us that you've demonstrated through Jesus Christ that you've made a way for us to know you and to communicate with you and to draw near to you. And we're so grateful. We're so appreciative. We're so glad that you have given us the helper, the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray for those this morning who maybe don't know you, who really can't say, I can't really call God my Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you bring conviction and revelation and understanding of who Jesus is, what he's done that he can be their Lord and Savior. And God, I pray for those of us who are believers that you would help us, Lord, to not neglect, God, this great opportunity to be able to pray together personally, together as a church family. God, we pray we want to see your kingdom come, your will be done. God, for your glory and our good, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.